What's up? Welcome to a new episode of Movie Schmovie. This is episode number 303, 303, also known as a palindrome. Also uh, another area code. Do you guys got any guess about which, uh, what location? Ohio. Somewhere in Ohio. Ronald, want to guess? No. Uh, you don't, you don't want to guess? Delaware. He does not want to guess. No, 302 Delaware. was Delaware. That was last time. This is uh, Denver, Colorado. Damn. Missed Dang. it by this much, that much. Uh, yeah, welcome to a new episode. My name is Steve. I'm one of the co-hosts. I'm here as always with... I'm Ron. And I'm John. And you were both correct. Those are your proper <laughs> names. And uh, it's good to see you guys again. Uh, I'm back for another week of conversations. Uh, today's episode, mainly we're going to be talking about and reviewing the new uh, Conjuring verse release, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, the third Conjuring film. And either the seventh or eighth Conjuring verse movie, depending on who you ask or where you read it. But uh, we'll talk about that, which came out last week in theaters and on HBO Max. Um, before we get to the main review, though, what happened between last week and right now that you guys want to talk about? News, trailers, uh, anything of that sort? New Space Jam trailer? Yeah, I um, saw that. I mean, I'm excited. What do you think about it? What do you think about it? So, yeah, so... There's a couple of things that are happening for me. So this first Space Jam obviously was <laughs> not the best film, uh, but it really yeah. was a pretty coherent story. Like it, it got a little wacky, but it was coherent. This looks like three three Space Jam movies in one. <laughs> this legitimately looks it like it does. It looks it like does. Space Jam two, three, and four. And they just jam them into one movie, and it's it's really hard to understand what's happening. You saying they space yeah. jammed them into one they, movie? They That's space they jammed them into three. I mean, into yeah. one. It's even more high concept than what Space Jam was, which you know is crazy. I mean? like, which is <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah, which is like <laughs> insane that you're you're yeah. mixing tunes with basketball stars, yeah. real life with you know fictional world. You got I you got like tech in it now because of obviously yeah. of where we are and what we do and where we live. But I mean, like, yeah, I don't know. The trailer is all over the place. You know, I mean, obviously, I want to see it. And, you know, yeah. I think LeBron, I think LeBron's really pretty good in everything he's been in movie wise. So it's kind of exciting to see him kind of starring in something. Um, you know, I think he's probably got a lot more going in that realm than Jordan ever did. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm excited to see it. But the trailer, yeah, the trailer, the idea, the movie um, just is really pretty convoluted, it seems. But, I don't know. We'll see. It's Space Jam. Bonkers. So. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, what else? Any other trailer? I feel like I saw a trailer. Anything else that you guys saw? There was one that I saw yesterday that I was going to mention to you. Mm. John, you got anything? Um, is the Soderbergh trailer? Is that new? Oh, that's what week? it was. Yeah. No Sudden Move. Yeah, that's the one I saw. With Don Cheadle yeah, which, and Benicio yep. del Toro, and you already have me with the with those three names associated yeah, with just, it. Yeah, just just stop it right there. Yeah, you got John yeah. Hamm. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's a huge cast. Everybody lines up to work with uh, Soderbergh. It seems, especially with this kind of th this looks really good. The trailer looked great for this. This, this debuts, I think, at this week at Tribeca, um, which we're going to be going over next week. We did get some access to the the portion of that festival that's going to be like the at home portion. So mm -hmm. we'll be talking about whatever we, what we're able to see next week. Unfortunately, I don't think we'll be able to see no sudden move, but i um, excited to see that when it hits HBO max, right? That's a HBO max movie. Yeah. It looks like it. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. What does that mean, Ronald? What does that mean? It looks like it. You mean just because it had the logo or are you saying it looks like an HBO Max movie? The brand, no, 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 the branding of how they present the stuff sometimes. Like, I, I, I thought it was Max an HBO. Originals. Yeah, is it a Max or I didn't see Max Originals, but then sometimes that could be uh, HBO Max thing they just haven't stamped in that trailer. So, I, I'm not saying it looks HBO Max. I, that's not a down, that's not a, that's not a shitting on it sort of thing. Like, I, I actually. It looks exciting, man. I really like what Don Cheadle's doing, what Benicio Del Toro's doing. And I think that maybe the key to getting John Hamm in a movie that works is just taking him back in time when, like, racism was just on television all the time. Like, it's just, (laughs) that seems to be the way. Like, when it was just, like, blatant racism. He seems to shine in that time, time frame, so. Yeah. Yeah. That's something he says. He's got his agents, like, look, and he... (laughs) Could you give me anything in the age of racism? Yeah, yes. Yeah. And just... or and or digitize me and put me in Space Jam. Yeah, yeah. put right. me in Space Jam. Please. He's in that too. Yep. <laughs> he's very he like. There's a spectrum, and he's on both sides it's, of it. That that very visceral racism. That yeah, that yeah. version of racism. You know, it's it gets to the heart of Don Draper, uh, his performance on that show as a kind of a cipher. I mean, what made that guy so interesting was how much he was like the facade of the the guy you all want to be, but then that there's no real there there was kind of a subtext to that show. And I think John Hamm, I love John Hamm. I'm not knocking him, but isn't he one of, he's an interesting actor in the sense that he, he doesn't really have a thing. Do you know what I mean? Like you can say, you can say Don Draper, but I think the smoothness, the slickness, the mythology of that only means something to people who were following that show during that time. I mean, there's people who might recognize him for different things he's done, but it's interesting that sort of he's in that spot of kind of, I think everybody sort of loves him, but he doesn't really have, I mean, again, Don Draper's a pretty big thing to hang your career on. I'm not saying that, but that performance is not a real showy performance. So it's just kind of, I don't know, it's kind of an interesting thing. It's not like James Gandolfini where... Every time you see him, you're thinking, oh, that guy can't not be Tony Soprano. You know, Don, yeah. Don Draper's so blank that in a weird way, John Hamm is this kind of blank person in a way. And I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting thing. I, like, it's hard to picture what kind of role or what kind of movie he would carry um, where he would be the focus of it. You know, he seems like he's a great supporting player in all these roles. But I don't know. This is something I was thinking about with him. It's I love him to death, but I don't really know what his what his wheelhouse is. <clears throat> Yeah, it's, right. it's a little hard to tell, man. Honestly, very, very. The other one, I was, the, the other one I was going to mention was uh, the trailer was uh, just came out today when we were recording this. It's it's that the eyes of Tammy Faye trailer. Did yeah. you guys watch that? Yeah, I watched that. That looks crazy. <laughs> Michael Showalter's new yeah. movie. Yeah, I, I mean Jessica Chastain is like top three for me. Like I love everything she's in for the most part, or at least her and most of the stuff she's in. I don't. I mean, it looks crazy. I mean, I, I, I very interested in seeing this movie, but I feel like. There's multiple pieces in this trailer where it's like, I don't know that the makeup and like the way they have her set up as Tammy Faye through her life uh, looks very good. I mean, it's the makeup. It almost looks like undone or something. Um, but, but I mean, yeah. it, I, I, I have the reference of like how kind of loud Tammy Faye Baker was. And, you know, like I, they're kind of like, Obviously, playing the, that up, but the cheek, but yeah. the face just—it just looks, it yeah. looks like you're going to be looking at a, a prosthetic person when you don't need to, you know. Right, like, right, uh, right. I'm, I'm a big proponent of just letting actors act in 
and not pile makeup on their face when when you don't have right. to. So it's sort of like I guess if we if we insist upon Tammy Faye looking like Tammy Faye, then maybe cast someone who looks more like Tammy Faye. Tampa, but if we're going right. to say look at how yeah. Jessica Chastain can transform herself, maybe don't make her look like you know, a, a, a dark crystal character, <laughs> just let her act. Yeah. But, but I, I think the trailer has like a fun kind of funky rhythm to it. And it reminds me of like Ed Wood or something like that, where there's a kind of real world component, but it's also, it can be a bit heightened. Um, so, and I didn't even know it's a Michael Showalter thing. So that kind of makes sense that it could have this sort of comic energy to it perhaps. So yeah, but right. it, th- that almost could be a, a tonal inconsistency that we're talking about that the movie will have to figure out, but the trailer is just interesting and weird. <laughs> and and, oh, I, yeah, and sure. the make and the makeup did bump me for sure. I did sort of worry. By the time it got to the end of the trailer, I was like, or maybe not. I started off kind of high <laughs> on it. And then by the time it got to the end, I was thinking this might be one of those, you know, like I'm trying to think of the bad makeup jobs of recent days, but like, um, wasn't like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's makeup in in Hoover bad, or am I remembering uh, that? Not wrong? good. Yeah, I don't know. I feel, like, was... I feel like there was some other recent movie where the makeup sort of just didn't carry it, and and it was just unavoidable. But I'm 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 spacing on it right now. So yeah, <laughs> but it's always a risky move, I think, to pile the actor under under all that latex. It is, man. It is. We'll see what happens, man. Maybe maybe it'll look better in motion. Like we're watching it long. T- I don't think so, though. I think you guys well, are right. Well, we'll know in September when it comes out. Yeah. Um. What? Else? Any other news before we? I I don't really feel like there was a lot of big stuff over the last week. I don't Any think big so either. News items. Um. Oh, yeah, you know, know. they uh, Netflix announced this Mike Myers project that sounds pretty darn interesting. Did you read about oh, that? Yeah, the comedy series. It's like Mike Myers is doing a comedy series with uh, Netflix where he's going to play like seven different roles, and um, it's it sounds like a good storyline for him. I mean, it sounds like if you're gonna if you're gonna look forward to him doing something, this is the kind of thing that he has done well with in the past, where it's like going into characters and it's kind of a Peter Sellers thing. So, you know, like to me, he's he's one of those people that I could totally believe would have a comeback just j- just as easily as he would have another. Love Guru or something like that. So you just don't know what the, what the, you know, what side of the fence it's going to land on. But I, I was just thinking yeah. about him recently, thinking about how like, oh yeah, Mike Myers is one of those people that, just it's been a while since people have seen him at his at the top of his game. So I, I I'm intrigued by this Netflix idea of giving creators like him an opportunity to kind of do something, a six episode series that sounds like it's like uh, a group of like. Like almost like the Illuminati is what it sounds like. It's doing a riff on like these these shady people that run the world and make all the decisions that affect things. And right. I don't know. And again, it sounds like the kind of thing that could be super fun. And the cast, uh, the other people who've joined on are there's some solid names on there like Keegan Michael Key and uh, Jennifer Saunders and you know just people that again could be in something really cool. So yeah, that was a big announcement. That's exciting man, that's yeah. pretty cool. Steve, there was Steve, one other Steve you cocked an eyebrow. You don't have much faith in Mike Myers having a comeback. I mean, obviously, like of of the generation, you know, where Mike Myers was like a god to people in you know a movie and on SNL for a long time, you know. But and I loved him, and you know, a lot of the movies he did, I loved. But most of the recent stuff he's done, I don't know, it just feels really. It's like that thing where it's like it feels disconnected from now. Like it doesn't feel like you know he's he's adapting or doing anything new. It seems like he's trying mm-hmm. to like do something that was funny twenty years ago. Um, like that game show that he was doing where he was like not Mike Myers. He was like another person hosting a game show. 
Yeah, I didn't see that? that. Yeah, yeah, like it was very. I don't know, man. I don't know. This is weird. I mean, I, 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 I prove me wrong. Like, I, I will watch it because, yeah, I do like Mike Myers in general. But yeah, I don't know. He hasn't done anything recently that really has inspired me. I haven't um, seen much of the recent stuff. I have to admit, like, I don't even think I saw Love Guru all the way through. So I have to admit, I, I have the memory well, you're, you're, of... You're sheltered. <laughs> I have the memory of the stuff that that put him on the map. And then I right, have right, sort right. of avoided the stuff that I heard wasn't that great. You know, so like, yeah. I don't know. I guess I root for people like that. But you're right. It has been a long time. So. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. The, the other one I was going to mention was... Uh, uh, them announcing that uh, Blumhouse is doing a Christine remake with oh, yes. Brian Fuller writing yes. and directing it, which just yes, that sounds great. Like, yes. let's perfect. Let's look forward to that, and that's like a perfect match for yeah, I don't know Blumhouse for everybody. Right, just, Bl- Blumhouse knows how to make a, a horror movie for the right budget and get it out there. Brian Fuller can do this, and this this story oh seems like God, it's perfect yeah. for him. And everything I I read, just the brief thing he said, he's really taking it back to the book. So he's going to yeah. do an '80s period piece. It's going to be again. It just feels like this could be if you're like wishing Brian Fuller could get that fourth season of Hannibal off the ground, and then you hear he's doing this, you go, oh, this actually, this might be a project that will go. I think that's what it is. Brian Fuller's been attached to so many things that either didn't go, or that he he left the project shortly after they, you know, like, I think he was on that Star Trek series, but he left before it it came out. And so there's different things that he's one of those people, he's almost as bad as Guillermo del Toro in terms of just, you hear him that he's working on something, and then you don't ever hear anything else about it. Um, So yeah, this sounds like, oh, Bloomhouse will make a movie. They will get it in theaters, you know, and he might be perfect for this writing and directing. I don't think he's directed a movie before. Or am I wrong about that? I'm I don't sure. know. Yeah. I'm not sure, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, that sounds awesome. I can't yeah. wait for that. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever listened to the King cast, the podcast. Yeah. No. Uh, he was a guest on one of the episodes. I can't remember which one. He, I don't think it was Christine. I think he might've done, I, I basically heard, I heard it. Yeah. I can't I can't remember which one he did either, but but he was a good guest on Yeah. There. But he's like a huge yeah, he's a huge Stephen King fan. And uh I just think after listening to that episode of the the one that he did, uh, I think he did Salem's Lot. Mm-hmm. Um but he was talking about I think Christine Lennon like as a property that he may be interested in, um, at least the film adaptation of it. But mm-hmm. I don't know, yeah, I can't wait for that. But yeah, that's the only thing. That's the one I would remember. I was like, we got to mention that on the podcast, but I got nothing else for that. But yeah. let's talk about Conjuring. Boom. Boom. That's what it was. <laughs> the Conjuring, the devil made me do it. The first of the Conjuring films, James Wan is not directing of the, of the true Conjuring line. Michael Chavez, who did the Curse of La Llorona uh, a couple of years ago, was kind of given the keys to Conjuring 3 when James Wan dropped out. At one point, he was directing. And uh, he kind of moved on because, you know, Aquaman, I guess, you know, whatever. But uh, I don't know. This is another one of the HBO Max Warner Brothers titles, Day and Date. Did pretty well opening weekend considering it seems – I don't know what the metric is for, like, what's what's good and not good with these movies that are doing the Day and Date release. You know, they seem to have so many. Obviously, Godzilla vs. Kong, you know, was a a bigger release. Obviously, probably a bigger movie in a lot of ways. this coming week, we have In the Heights coming out, one in uh, theaters and HBO Max. But this was like, you know, the horror franchise seems like a pretty sure bet, but it beat Quiet Place 2 in its second weekend. 
and was the number one movie at box office while still being available at home, which is, I think, how we all watched it at home. Yeah. yeah. Um, what did you guys think of uh, the third film in this franchise of the Conjuring universe uh, directly in that series uh, with the Warrens? The, the devil made me do it. The one, the one thing I'll say that comes to my mind is that uh, the this was the this was one of the movies that felt more like a detective story than any other the, any of the other ones that we we saw prior. I mean, there's always been some level of investigation, um, but it really felt like this was this was like gumshoes asking questions, going around in this small town trying to figure out the roots of this thing, which right. which gave it. Uh, a slower burn um and a different burn you know yeah, like just a different yeah. feel yeah it, which which I, I i honestly when it when it all came to the second and third act i think i wound up liking it more than i thought i think i was a little irritated because they weren't getting any answers but it was because this was kind of a mystery and then once it unfolded i was like oh man this is really like feeling pretty amazing I, I i did feel like you know with with everything that's happening with sound and you know you can get a good sound bar you can get a good tv the experiences are becoming so unreal at home being able to look at like a 4k display or you know a sharp hd you know 1080p screen being able to see these images Almost an exact same quality that you were to, were going to see it in the movie theater is spoiling the shit out of me, man. Um, right. I felt really like it felt like a privilege, and in the end, I, I really do think it add, added some something to the the story uh, of this building world of of uh, the Conjuring, and I was satisfied, man. Like I had some issues, but you know, as you guys talk, I'll I, I think I can I'll pull them up, but. I did enjoy it overall. What about you, John? I mean, I think we've kind of touched on so many of the things that I would say about it already. One is just that this is, you've, you refer to as the Conjuring verse. This is the first Conjuring film, the first proper Conjuring film. If we think of the proper Conjuring films as one, two, and three, and then you think mm. of the the Annabelle movies and um, what's the other one? The Was there a Nun movie? The nun. Was yeah, it called it The Nun? nun. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, see, but I mean, those movies have felt like offshoots, and they've had like varying qualities to them. But the but the thrust of the the Conjuring verse would be the Conjuring proper, which is the James Wan imprint. I think did mean a lot to those movies, the the first Conjuring and the second Conjuring. That if you're going to have all these offshoots, what's going to make the main Conjuring special? Well, it's going to be it's going to be about Ed and Lorraine. They're going right. to be centered in the story, and um. Although in Annabelle Comes Home, they're, you know, they're in it, um, and their world is all about it, uh, or it's all about their world. Um, so in this sense, it's like it, it, it. This feels like it's the next Ed and Lorraine movie. It doesn't feel as much like what I thought a Conjuring movie was, and I think you kind of alluded to that, Ronald, with you're talking about the tone of it. It is a murder mystery and not a haunting. So they're not in a house with a family that's been experiencing stuff. So it's almost like the scares have to evolve in a different way. And frankly, I didn't find this movie as scary uh, or as like effective to me in terms of the set pieces of the scares as the other ones. And I think that's partially to do with that. It's not like a locked haunted house type environment. It's this mystery that they're traveling around, they're investigating, they're talking to people. Um, 
But it also felt like it was the first one that, like, even though it's got that thin, based on a true story premise, I think the way that these movies are evolving into, like, the continuing adventures of Ed and Lorraine, the case, the case files of Ed and Lorraine, like, this is the one that felt the most like it was taking that thread and saying, this is all about them, and it's taking them outside the scope of what a normal Conjuring movie would be. And in some ways, it feels like, I kind of felt like you did, Ronald. Like, by the time I got to the end, I was like, ah, it's kind of neat in the Conjuring verse to have this type of story. It's kind of neat to think they could just make an Ed and Lorraine movie every couple of years and it can be a different kind of mystery. But it did right. feel like diminishing returns in a sense because I didn't get those scares. And I think I, I was wondering why. I think the sense of the family in peril in the first and the second Conjuring, that there's a family that's being besieged by some supernatural entity, I think that tension really works for me in a way that the sort of like, like, uh, I don't know, wrong man maybe going to prison for a murder or whatever might be happening in this right. story. It just It's like I didn't find it as emotionally hooky or as scary or as well-made on a cinematic level. And yet, it's fine. It's good. It's like, it's a if you just look at it, if this is like the Marvel-verse, this is like going to see one of those movies that you're like, no, it, I'm happy that this is an ongoing cinematic universe. I, I enjoyed this installment. It is not my favorite Conjuring movie by a mile. So um, with all that in mind, you know, it's got some strengths to it, and it's got Vera Farmiga and, and Patrick Wilson, who now know how to play these characters really well. And the fact that the real Ed and Lorraine aren't even people that we should necessarily admire is, to me, a completely separate issue. At this point, they've turned into the heroes at the center of this supernatural franchise. And I like that there's a there's a sort of big budget. We said this about the first one. I like when there's sort of a big budget horror movie that's that's trying to be mainstream and trying to hit all those notes. So yeah, it didn't. It's like it wasn't my favorite, but it didn't kill the franchise for me in, in any way. Really, it just felt like oh, this is this one feels a little bit less sure of its of its tone or of its effect on you or something. Um, but story wise, yeah. it was interesting, and yeah, the characters are intact. So. Yeah, I, I kind of, I mean, I basically agree with both of you guys. I mean, I don't know what more to add. I mean, I, I do think that, you know, this did feel like the least, really probably the least scary of any of the Conjuring verse movies, like even the bad movies in in the fr franchise, you know, like, uh, like, I don't really particularly like The Nun or even uh, Michael Chavez's The Curse of La Llorona, like that much. But I mean, there's some pretty good scare scenes in those movies. Mm. Um, but you know, no, it, it definitely has more of a procedural feel to it. But I mean, really, at the end of the day, I, I still did enjoy the movie. I still yeah. found it entertaining. I still enjoyed the most enjoyable thing about the movie is is honestly like just the two of them again in a movie together. Yes. You know, yeah, like the, they really do nail the the performance of, of this couple that, you know, has kind of become this whole the center of this franchise. And, you know, just the idea and the and. The, the care it seems that they've kind of given to their performances in, in all the movies, but it, you know, in this one, especially it really did feel like you were kind of saying, John, like, like it's their show. Like it's the movie is them, you know, the, mm -hmm. the case that it, it's kind of transformed into like a, almost like a case of the week kind of thing where it's like, Oh, this is a pretty wild case. And the case itself is like super interesting. Like, it is. You know, I was reading, I was reading about the, the, the real case that it's based on the devil made me do it case. And I mean, that's interesting enough. Like I would like to see like a series or something like a limited series or something on that case, you know, or on the, on the trial and, mm. you know, all that stuff that happened. Cause it was pretty interesting. And like some of the, you know, the tapes that they play kind of at the end of this, um, yeah. of the actual recordings are pretty wild. Um, listening to some of them online, but 
I think uh, in the end, you know, it's super entertaining. I think they're great in it. There's some pretty good. There are a couple of really good scenes in the movie. I think the I think the the biggest suffer is that like it really never captures how good the opening of the movie is. Like the the yes. opening sequence is really the peak of the movie in terms mm-hmm. of the horror of it all. Um, cause that opening scene is really pretty great and they're, they're great in it. I mean, everybody involved in it is really great and, and selling the relationship between, um, Arnie and David, like right off the bat in that little bit of time really does work for the movie. I think, um, yeah, agree. yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's definitely something I'd recommend if you like the conjuring movies, it's definitely not the the worst of the franchise. It's probably the weakest of the main conjuring films. Um, but you know, I think it's, it's, it's still, it kind of sits probably in the middle of the pack for me, um, of, of the rest of the movies, but it's on HBO max. And, you know, if you have that, that's definitely worth checking out. I think, I, I think <clears throat> I just want to call out that aspect for a second because I didn't know I'd driven past a couple theaters that were playing it. And I was like, Oh man, conjuring three, it was on the marquee with quiet place too. And I was like, oh, this is starting to hurt not going to the movies, yeah, you know? Yeah. And then I yeah. came home and there, you had posted about watching it, like doing an online watch with your friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, like yeah, I didn't even know that was an HBO Max movie. I mean, that was exciting. <laughs> right, right, right. I, I like. I literally yelled to my wife and son, "Hey, the new Conjuring movies on HBO Max!" <laughs> and they were like, "Cool!" You know, and we watched it like on midnight the on the next Saturday night, and it was yeah. like, or that couple nights later, whenever it was, and it was just like, I don't know. That part was great, and I think that part is awesome and fun, and I that's one of the reasons why I keep talking about it as a franchise. It's just like my wife, who's not even a big horror movie watcher. She, yeah. she likes the conjuring movies. She knows they're special. She knows they're a little different. Um, and I know there's people that don't like these movies and don't like the style of them. But I think at this point, if you're watching it, you kind of know you're in for this kind of, um, and, and there are some, like you mentioned, there are some sequences that work. I do think James Wan, I don't know. Some part of me thinks if he had directed this, I would be, I would be praising it a little bit more just because I think his knack for like, I know people think it's like, showiness for showiness sake but i think the way his camera can guide you through a scene and give you the geography of things i th- i kind of was missing that at certain parts of this movie but it's such a different story it's not about one house like the other movies have been so um yeah who knows i wonder yeah, what i wonder true. what caused him i know that we aquaman is a big reason but i wonder what you know what the process was like for him deciding to drop out of that because it kind of felt like this was his that these were his movies you know so it's a little bit yeah odd to- i agree i agree it was definitely a bummer when, because uh, yeah, initially him doing it was like, oh great, like he's going to stick with this franchise even if he's like becoming this huge director, you know, of a billion dollar franchise <laughs> or a billion dollar movie in Aquaman. It's like, oh, he's going to still do the Conjuring three, and then it changed. But yeah, I don't know. He's got he's yeah he 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 too has that kind of thing where like he's attached to so many things. You know, I think that's just yeah. so common across across the industry. It's like if you're in if you're in demand, it's like, you know, strike while it's hot, whether you're producing, writing, directing, like they're trying to do and, and him and, you know, like Guillermo, you mentioned, it's just like, just do as much as possible, I guess. But I don't know. I don't, I don't even know what he's directing next outside of, Oh, he has, he actually has that. Oh, I think that's what he directed. He has that. Uh, there's another WB movie that comes out this year, this summer or fall on, I think it's a theatrical HBO Mac that it's called like malevolent. Oh yeah, that sounds. Yeah, familiar. I think he, I think he directed that. I think that's what he kind of. That I think that's what he did instead of this, because it was like an original thing uh, that mm-hmm. he was trying to maybe get off the ground. But I don't know. So yeah, hopefully maybe that's good, and that's you know maybe a little silver lining to the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, but again, yeah, that's on HBO Max, and 
if you want to check it out at home, it's it's there waiting for you. If you have a subscription there, I, I think we'd all kind of probably recommend checking it out. Yeah, man, absolutely. What else have you guys watched that you want to mention? New Ronald, you've uh, seen a couple of things, some new, some old. Yeah, um, I wanted to mention uh, an Amazon Prime original called Panic, which is about a small town in Texas that has this underground sort of crowdsourced hunger games. I mean, it really is about surviving it. And, you know, it's, it's a bunch of cool rules that kind of unfold as the story goes on. But I think the, the drama of a, uh, a tween sort of WB <laughs> or CW sort of show mixed with death, destruction and sex. And so the kids are like, uh, just out of high school so they're just allowed to have enough sex in the story for it to be like it's like barely legal which i'm not a big fan of there's a bunch of profanity in it which i love but the, really what it boils down to is the relationships between the friends and how tense it gets when it comes to these games that they have to play like for example sure. one is uh they have to cross a beam and uh two water tanks it's just a beam between them and they have to cross it at night and get to the other side, which gives you points. This, these accumulating points lead to you winning uh, a lump sum of money and, you know, it turns people against each other, man. And uh, the judges that um, run the game are anonymous. So you, you never know who is, who's creating the, the the games that you have to play or tracking your your behavior or finding out your fears for a trap that you might get put into it's it's really cool man panic panic's really good i've been seeing right. the i've been seeing the like pop-ups like the They're like falling sort of <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah it's just like everywhere i go it's like on yeah. social media i feel like it's definitely uh they've been promoting the hell out of that show yeah I try, I, yeah, I turned on the first episode. I was like, Aaron, I'm telling you, I think you'll like this. And she's like, eh, we'll see. And then second episode, she's like, let's watch the third. Let's watch the fourth. <laughs> We've just been kind of watching it Sl slowly, but watching it. Um, okay. And then the next thing that I want to talk about is something that's kind of near and dear to me, but kind of hasn't been in, in, in my recent years. And I'm starting to re reacquaint myself and, Sometimes they're just movies that you don't watch as frequently, not because they're bad, just because maybe in between place where you can't find them on, on like a streaming service or something like that. And um, I picked up a digital copies, some digital copies through iTunes of the 4K restores of Indiana Jones. Oh, okay. Man, these things are not only gorgeous, you know, I'm, I'm like getting into spatial audio and stuff like that. The mix is better. I don't, I don't remember this movie looking this good. I mean, that's a that's that's one of the things that you'll notice kind of right up front is the the color palette is just, you know, the gold that you remember from the movie that pops a little more. You can mm. see the insignias in the in the coins now. It's like things you didn't even think you would you would even pay attention to. You can now see in the 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 4K transfer. Um, nice. I've only watched the first, and and I'm slowly starting to get through them. I think Aaron and I are going to watch the second one um, probably tomorrow. But if you guys want something that's like a little uh, something old, but 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 new at the same time, 
that Indiana Jones restore is incredible. You can get it on any of the uh, PVOD services, or you can get the physical disc. Um, you know, you can get the Blu-ray if you have a system that plays it or a Blu-ray player. But this is it. If you like, I, I was I was really hesitant about. I'm like this 4K upgrades of all these movies. Like there's one of uh, Scott Pilgrim coming out later on. Yeah. Uh, in a couple of weeks, that was like not really excited about it. I saw Indiana Jones and I'm like, if Indiana Jones can look like that, what the hell is Scott Pilgrim going to look <laughs> and sound like? So get into it, man. Check those things out. That's awesome. Yeah, so what have you guys been watching? I, uh, I went, I, I went through uh, the season of hacks. Gene smarts. So you've been watching it. Yeah. I've been What'd you think? Yeah. What'd you it's think? Great. Oh man, yeah. it's great. Yeah, I'm glad they, they just announced. I think yesterday or today that they're doing a second season of it. Oh, so that's good. that's good. Yeah, she's great, man. And she's good. I don't man. know. I don't know the other the other lead actress. I'm really her. She's man. also great. Yeah. Um, what about you, John? Yeah, Gene Smart's just having a moment. Like, yeah, man. Well, even, even over the last year, I mean, if you even if you include Watch, that's what I'm saying. Like, or the last know, year year and change, yeah. It's like, but I mean, it's like, and it seems like it's an HBO, HBO loves her at the moment. So maybe that's a, oh my God, she's just, she's just getting that, getting to that sweet spot where you can get cast in some of these character roles, you know, and, and she's just, she's got the chops to carry off the comic parts and the kind of dramatic undercurrent too. Um, I watched uh, Lizzie's story on, uh, on Apple plus. Did anybody else watch that? Oh, no, I haven't watched it. Tell me, tell me how, please. I mean, Tell me how bad that is. I mean, I felt like it was bad. I mean, I don't like to say good, bad, you know? <laughs> Every, I, everybody has said that to me. I just, no, but it's weird. It's, it's weird. It's weird that it's like, you'd like wait, to Wait, wait, real quick, though. Is it is it weird, though? It's <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure. Got Steve. it, got it, got it, got it. Got it. Thanks. <laughs> Let me be clear about this. It's weird. No, but I mean, it's, it's I'm, weird. Weird. I'm glad I'm, you cleared I'm, that up. I'm puzzling with it because it's, it's, you know, the elements that are involved in this. You've got Joan Allen. You've got, yeah. uh, uh, um, uh, what's her Jennifer Jason Lee. You've got the lead. Julianne Moore. Isn't Julianne it? Moore. Yes. But it's all yeah. these people. But I mean, it's like these actresses yeah. that are all kind of on fire. You're used to them being great and stuff. Uh, even Clive Owen is, yeah. is in it. And he's usually very solid. And Stephen King, who doesn't usually do a lot of like write, you know, he, he usually hands off, has a hands off attitude to the adaptations of his stuff. So this is just like the pedigree of it is so good. And and HBO, not HBO, but Apple TV Plus's production values are insane. So yeah, it's, it's just a. Uh, it's just unfortunate that it couldn't be something really Damn. special. And and it's interesting enough on a storyline level and just what it is that I would say I'm intrigued to watch the next episode. Mm. But it's kind of like the way I used to feel when I was a if when I was when I used to read a lot of comic books and I would pick up the first issue of something and I'd be like, I don't know. It's like I'm going to give this a second issue to see if I at the end of that I have a sense of like what the hook what it means to give it a chance to get its hooks in me. But at the end of right, one right. hour, it does not feel like it's up to the usual sort of, we talk about this sometimes, but it doesn't feel like prestige television the way that at the end of that first hour, you should be, you should be clamoring for the next part instead of going like, what? That's the end of the first hour? Okay. You know, like it just felt, yeah, it felt like a, such a weird misfire that 
that's why I kept saying it's weird because it just you would not think even with the story even when the even when it's unfolding in front of you you would be you're thinking surely this is better than this like sure even this story seems like it could be better I'll I'll give you one quick reason why it's so odd it's like it, there's no groundedness in it that you're dealing with a, a crazy situation that's being filmically depicted in a in an in a kind of arty way and right and it's a woman who's unstable and having moments where she can't tell reality from from fantasy and the ghost of her husband is appearing to her and showing her flashbacks from her life but those flashbacks from her life seem like they're being warped around some kind of weird supernatural presence but that may be all in her mind but it may be a real presence and you're like what's the normal here? Like what, you know what I mean? It'd be like if you watched a horror movie and there never was a moment of someone just like walking around their house being creeped out if it just went straight right, to like right. they're in some kind of hell dimension or something. I mean, this isn't quite that wild, but it is like, I found it to be not confusing in that in that good engrossing way, but confusing like they just, yeah, like just confusing in a in a poorly made way. I hate to say, I, uh, maybe I'm wrong. I want someone to tell me, you know, okay, no, you, it gets better or or you're missing something. But uh, yeah, I felt totally, it, it had that feeling of like, did I miss 10 minutes of this? And, and that would have given any of this context. Yeah. Like the characters yeah. just weren't landing, the scenes, everything felt like it was part of a dream or something. And it just, yeah, too bad. Damn. I'm probably going to still watch it because I'm just so curious now because I've heard so many people that have basically said what you said. But yeah, it's a bummer because that should have been really good. I did uh, I did think of another one that I did watch the other day that I forgot to mention. Um, I don't know. I don't know if Ronald mentioned it on a prior episode, but I feel like maybe maybe he did. But um, Hulu has a new movie um, called Plan B. Yes, I did. Uh, I love that. Natalie movie. Morales. Yeah, that movie's great. Um, I would highly recommend checking that out. Um, just a really, really tight, funny script. I mean, that's what, I mean, they're the leads, the two leads, their chemistry is off the charts. Like that's really what makes the movie work. But what makes it a little unique, I think is just a super tight, funny script. It's like, you know, the movie's lean, you know, it's just moves really fast. Um, it's, I mean, it's like an hour, 45 minutes, but it moves so fast, but just a great idea for a movie. Um, which is, you know, basically this girl is just trying to find a plan B pill in South Dakota where there's all these like morality things where they can or cannot give them out uh, from a pharmacy. And it's just like one of those adventure movies of two best friends trying to find a way to make this work so they can get this pill um, after, you know, <laughs> basically she has sex with someone and the condom <laughs> stays inside of her <laughs> and falls out when she goes to the... I, I mean that that scene is funny as sh that that scene is so funny. It is uh, when she realizes that 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 happened. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I know I, I remember you mentioned it, but I saw a bunch of people uh, on my timeline on, on Twitter that's just kind of raving about it. And uh, it is it's great. I mean, if you have Hulu, it's one of the better movies I've seen so far this year, uh, especially comedies and just like the buddy road adventure, not road trip, but you know whatever that kind of comedy. Um, couldn't couldn't recommend it enough. I'm, it's almost guaranteed that you like it if you like those kinds of movies. But Plan B was great. I loved it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, that's it for me. I don't got anything else. Um, again, next week we're gonna be trying to go through some sort of. We'll get our ducks in a row um, with what's going on with Tribeca. It, it starts, you know, basically the night that we're recording this goes for um, you know a week or so. 
Um, and we've been given access to some of the at-home titles that they're doing as a part of their programming, much like the other festivals did. Mm-hmm. For those that can't come, which is a great that they're doing that. You know, it's a new thing that hopefully all the festivals do that in some capacity. Sure. Um, even even beyond the pandemic times that we're in right now, still or hopefully on the back end of. But uh, so yeah, next week we'll, we'll we'll kind of go through some movies, mostly probably movies that uh, our listeners have probably never heard of. But that's great because uh, hopefully we can talk about them and you can maybe you know hear about learn about become interested in some movies that maybe you wouldn't have heard of otherwise and you know thanks tribeca for hooking us up with that and you know forward to doing that next week for sure um mm-hmm. also um this week we're going to be starting back up with our marvel schmarvel series which is our youtube series that we do um it's video only you know if you find movie schmovie on youtube um basically when there's a disney plus series or you know, even when Hulu had MODOK um, or a Marvel movie coming out in theaters or on Disney Plus, um, we'll kind of get that spinning up and kind of go through the episodes week by week. Um, this week, we're kind of getting back into action because Loki started on Disney Plus. So that episode is already out. Uh, so if you check that on YouTube, please find us there and subscribe and kind of hit that bell so you get notifications as those uh, kind of recaps, reviews drop on a weekly basis for the next, I guess, month or month or two. Um, and then as always, you can go to moviesmovie.com to find uh, past episodes. You can listen right from that landing page or link to whatever podcast platform you prefer to listen to podcasts on. Um, you know, everything's there in one nice place. And it's a, it's a great place to tell your friends about. If you want to tell them about movies, movie, that'd be great too. Um, do you guys have anything else you want to mention before we uh, get out of here? Not I. I think I'm good. All right, man. Good seeing you guys. Uh, And as always, you've made our day. Thanks. Bye.